Hi, this is Deadeye Dave welcoming you to the Real Blood Podcast Network. Each Saturday, you will hear a new episode of either Reasonably Real, which is our general movie podcast, or The Cast That Drips Blood, which is our horror-focused show. On Monday, we have Reasonably Newsworthy, which is our new show where we talk about the releases that you might be interested in on DVD Tuesday. We have a rotating cast of hosts, and we definitely aren't afraid to chat. So kick back, relax, and enjoy the show. Don't forget to follow us on our Facebook page in the show description and our letterbox profiles as well. If you are interested in supporting the show, telling your friends about us is the best way to make the show expand. If you are interested in supporting us monetarily, our podcasting host Anchor allows you to do that through their website, and every dollar is appreciated, but never expected. Thank you so much for your continued support, and enjoy the show. Blood. This is one of your hosts, Deadite Dave, and joining with me today across the couch is... Maniac Mike. Dang, we're here, we're in person doing a review. And uh, so that'll be a good time. This is part one of our two-part series of the Troma versus Full Moon episode. And uh, this one will be covering Troma films. So get your barf bag and, and get ready to go with some Troma films. But before then, we've got what we've been watching. What have you been watching, Maniac Mike? I've watched a few things. Uh, I do want to say stick around to the end of the podcast because we're going to announce a giveaway associated with this two-part episode and uh, it will start today after this podcast goes live and we'll explain that uh, at the end of the show so well, stay yeah. tuned that's the way to do it um, I've watched a few movies this week uh, first last Sunday um, oh, it was Monday actually the uh, me and the missus kind of took the day off because we'd been running all weekend and so we kind of stayed home and uh, I fried some fish for dinner and uh, while I was doing that I was actually watching a movie on uh, the iPad oh, yeah? I watched The Dirties on Shudder hmm. it's a 2013 found footage film um, about a couple high school students that are uh, making amateur movies mm-hmm. and you, you can tell they have a kind of a Tarantino flair on their amateur films. You can tell that that was kind of an inspiration. Hmm. And um, their movie was about the dirties, which were pretty much just bad guys, and they played cops, and they were taking down the bad guys. Um, but ultimately it morphed into the dirties ended up being these rich kids at school that, kept picking on them Uh, these two film students were being bullied pretty harshly and um, it kind of turned into a film about uh, some people that are pushed too far and what can happen I won't spoil where it goes but uh, it's actually a pretty good film it sounds neat Um, and it's on Shudder right now it was one of their new things on Shudder so I was like oh okay I'm just gonna watch that um I was wondering where that came from because I'd never heard much about it until yeah, then. I had never either. And uh, I, I pay attention to the, you know, what's new on Shutter, and that was one of the first things on there. So I'm like, all right, well, and clicked cool. on it. And it's worth a watch. I gave it a 7 out of 10. Uh, it is found footage, um, but at least they kind of gave it an excuse because it is, you know, some film students in high school making amateur films and 
Mm-hmm. Um, so it has an excuse to be found footage. Um, later on that night, um, you know, me and the missus sat down to eat dinner and we watched 2020's The Invisible Man. Hmm. Um, this is a solid thriller horror movie. Um, mm-hmm. Has some good tense moments. They they do slowly ratchet up what's happening. Um, and uh, uh, Elizabeth Moss, uh, I think that's her name, the, mm-hmm. the main character, she was great. Uh, she played a great part. Um, I, I do think the movie was about probably 15 minutes too long. Uh, it, it, it You can... I started to feel that two-plus-hour runtime. Yeah, it is pretty long, honestly. Um, I think if it would have been about fifteen minutes shorter, it would have. This would have been a great or a fantastic film. But as it sits, I still gave it an eight out of ten. Uh, it's definitely worth a watch, and um, it's a good time. It, it takes the 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 basic premise of the Invisible Man that we've most of us have seen and know. And uh, makes a few changes and really makes the idea its own. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, incorporates kind of some modern things into it. Um, I thought it was solid. Eight out of ten. Uh, really spurred on by some great acting by the lead character. Um, and then we'll get into Joe Bob's The Last Drive-In from last night. <laughs> um, his first, He had another weird d- double feature. I think that's going to be this whole season at this point. I think it's been every every episode. Yeah, yeah. The, last night's was a spe- last night's was two completely opposite films. Yeah. Uh, he started out with 1988's Dead Heat, which is a buddy cop zombie movie. <laughs> I'd never even heard of this film before. I had seen it around, but I had never never watched it. I didn't even know it existed, so I was kind of surprised by that one. <laughs> Yeah, um, and there is, I probably came off a little overly critical in my review. There is some things to like about this film, but it's overwhelmingly bad, and, and yeah. not in a good way. This this movie's bad, bad for the most part. Yeah, I agree. I, I it, it was entertaining at times, but not enough for it to really be all that yeah. interesting. I think Joe Bob... Really saved this one quite a bit. I think he did, too. Joe Bob was on point last night, too, and mm-hmm. he kind of had to be, and we'll get to that in a minute. Um, but Dead Heat, I, I gave this a, a two out of two stars out of five or four out of ten. I, I rated it higher than some others last night that reviewed it because I did enjoy some of the, the uh, practical effects in it. But this movie had a big budget. So the practical effects could have even been better than they were. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of my thought about this thing. Is is like, yeah, there's some impressive things, but I've seen more impressive on a quarter of the budget and mm-hmm. not near the opportunities this movie had. This yep. movie really did have. That's when I. That's why I'm really critical of big budget horror more so than the low budget. Is they have every opportunity to get it right. Yep. And they, while low budget horror oftentimes has very little opportunity to get it right <laughs> yeah they, you know they're, they're a one done, one and you're done type movie for the most part mm-hmm. um it, it has some entertainment time entertaining times the first five minutes of the movie there's a shootout scene that is so bad it's good and it, it really yeah. is and um you know there, there's there is some good practical effects there's a body explosion at the end that was pretty good 
that one put a smile on my face. <laughs> um, but the dialogue, the acting, mm. I, I think its main issue was in certain parts they tried to take it too seriously. Yeah. If it would have been a little bit more slapstick, and it was in part, it was slapstick in parts, but if they would have took it a little bit more slapstick in some of the more serious moments, yeah. Um, I think this would have been so bad it's a good movie. Uh, but I, th- I think they tried to play it straight in too many parts, and uh, it just didn't didn't come off well. Um, Dead Heat, I, I gave it a 4 out of 10. Um, I know this movie has its fans, and I can see it, but I'm not one of them. And uh, I-, I can't recommend it except for the trash cinema, you know, uh, aficionados. And we have one sitting here that still didn't like the movie. So... Uh, <laughs> The next movie in Joe Bob's last drive-in double feature was Cannibal Holocaust. We mm. go from a kind of action horror semi-comedy zombie buddy cop movie to a in-your-face offensive cannibal film. You couldn't get two more polar opposites than that. And Joe Bob was on point in this movie. Mm-hmm. And there was multiple warnings at, for good reason. Holy crap, there was a lot. Yeah, there was at least four that was yeah. flashed on screen before the movie even started. Uh, one from Shudder, one from the film, one from Grindhouse releasing. Um, you know, and then Joe Bob put something up himself, you know, saying he understands if you turn this movie off, you're, you know, we're not going to kick you out of the mutant team or something like that. Yeah, and he also apparently is releasing a cut of this where it's just his commentary over it, too. So if you happen to not catch up with it, you could always watch the Animal Cruelty-Free version, which is available on the Grindhouse Mm -hmm. Blu-ray and I think DVD. Yep. And uh, you could do that and then watch his commentary, which might be the superior way of watching it. But I've always said you need to watch the Animal Cruelty version probably one time. Yep. Just as a just to see the shock of it, and then from there, no, yeah, you know. So, um, and uh, Joe Bob really was on point. You know, he, there was he didn't downplay any of the controversy of the film. He put it out there forefront and center. You know, yes, this movie is offensive. Yes, I don't like some of these parts in this movie, but as a film fan, I do think it's. A relevant thing to do is show the movie unedited in its intended form. Yeah, I can respect that. You know, just yeah. because I personally don't like something in a movie doesn't mean that that movie needs to be censored to mm-hmm. suit taste. Now, there was still parts of the movie I absolutely hated. The animal cruelty, yes, I, I do not agree with that for you know a movie and entertainment purpose. Um, and. But I do respect that director's choice to do that. Do I agree with it? No. But am I, you know, am I going to say this movie needs to be banned? Absolutely not. Yeah, and and I, I wish Joe Bob would have brought up that Diodato now he did bring up that they fed the animals to the villagers, mm-hmm. which I don't think helps a whole lot with the controversy. But I mean, to some people it might. But 
I think the thing that helps most is that he has gone on the record and say he regrets doing that and actually mm-hmm. does um, support the animal cruelty-free version. He thinks that's a fine way to watch the film. Yep. Uh, so it's actually director-approved now. So I, I do wish he would have brought that up because, in a sense, that's still watching that version is still a director-approved way yep. of watching the movie. Um, and I don't think you're any lesser for watching that no, version. Uh, no, of, the film. of course not. Um, and to me, knowing that those animals didn't die just for our entertainment, yeah, it did help. It uh, helps. You know, I, I am. You know, I, I'm a hunter. I've hunted before. I'm a fisherman. You know, but I also am a big advocate. I don't like trophy hunting. I don't mm-hmm. like going to shoot a deer just because it's antlers. You do that, I'm gonna probably be mad at you. You shoot a deer because you're going to feed your family and you're going to eat it. Mm-hmm. And so knowing that those animals didn't die for nothing, um, that did help me personally a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, they, they fed the the animals that they had killed on screen to the local villagers. You know, uh, Joe Bob kind of told a funny story about uh, a monkey brain scene. Yeah. And uh, there was apparently one crew member that was mad that he didn't get any of the monkey brains because he really wanted some. What the heck? Yeah. And uh, yeah. so uh, there, there is a lot of controversy surrounding this movie. There was charges filed against the director and cast members and crew. And um, I can see it, honestly. I mean, this movie is harsh in your face. Um, well, the funny thing is, it's not the only one of its kind that included it. Yeah. Um, as the, the problem with all of those uh, cannibal movies except for a very short list was that they included animal cruelty mm-hmm. um eaten alive did as did cannibal ferox um interestingly enough the almost just as controversial movie emmanuel and the last cannibals does not yeah. feature any animal cruelty um but it it is far grimier and not recommended at all um for a different reason because it's pretty much a porn flick um so, but either way, no, it, it's interesting, and there's a lot to be discussed about the movie, and I think the best part of it is its overall message of the film. Yeah, um, and Joe Bob went into some of the reasons why there was animal cruelty in the film, and in some of those other films, and that was for, apparently back then, for the, the Asian market. Um, you know, they liked the animal cruelty, and whatever you know it's a different culture not going to judge their culture um you know so like cannibal ferox and some of those had come out and noticed that they had done better with animal cruelty in the film um but the movie itself it is harsh it's in your face it doesn't let up it doesn't shy away from anything no um but it does ask some interesting questions and has some interesting debate topics um, it is, I, I told Steady Steve last night because I posted my review up and he said he was going to tell my mom for watching this um, which was funny and I said you would like this movie's message you would just hate the presentation yeah uh, and I think that's true for 99% of film fans yeah I was about to say I, I, this isn't the type of movie and I don't think extreme cinema is that way it's a, it's supposed to make you have a visceral reaction yep. to it and you're supposed to hate it and be offended by it and as i told you yesterday sometimes being offended is a good thing mm-hmm. because it really does show you where your line is 
that you're still human, that you have human emotions, and some things upset you. Yep. And, um, you know, that's a that's a very compelling argument for certain extreme cinema. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying this movie's for everybody and that everyone should watch it just to see how offended they get with it. But if you're a horror fan, it's worth a shot. Um, mm-hmm. If you're if you're really integrated in the horror community, like I've seen quite a few horror movies, this is not one to show someone who's really only into like Invisible Man, like like Randy, for instance. If you showed her this movie, she would be scarred for life. I yeah, think. I would not show my wife this film. Uh, <laughs> she liked Invisible Man, really enjoyed that film. Yeah, no, there's she nothing likes, wrong with that. Yeah, and, and and she likes a lot of the mainstream horror movies, and so be it, because then it gives me and her some bonding time. But I'm just I'm just giving an but, example. Yeah, I would not show her this movie. I did get her to watch uh, a movie that we're going to talk about during our trauma section that she still hates me for. Hmm. Uh, but yes, uh, this movie is for extreme cinema, cinema fans only. Uh, do not show this film to, to children. No. Um, do not go into this movie expecting just your run-of-the-mill cannibal movies. This is not. Yeah. This I is have... a higher-level extreme cinema film done with a point yeah um, it is and some people are downplaying how graphic it is on on letterbox because they've seen quote unquote more extreme films but don't let that don't let that con you into how graphic this film is yeah i would say stuff like uh you know i mean i've, I've seen more martyrs, offensive martyrs but, may be more extreme and far in in certain parts uh inside is yeah, I would on, say a, some, on a blood degree. Yeah. yeah, but I think I think the thing with Cannibal Holocaust for me and what makes it so extreme is its subject matter, the way it depicts it, and it's and your primal emotion towards it. Yeah, um, and that's what makes it so extreme to me. I, I think it's still one of the most extreme movies ever made, even though by content I've seen a lot stronger yeah. and more extreme films. But I still think Cannibal Holocaust is not only the best extreme movie out there. But I think it's still very extreme because of its subject matter. I would say it's probably the best extreme film I've seen. Yeah. Uh, and I gave it a 10 out of 10. Dang. Um, I did too. Yes, I hate some parts of the film. Yes, I hate some of the characters. But you're supposed to. The film did its job. Um, it, did it make you mad kind of like uh, The Lodge did? <laughs> I was more mad at the lodge, yeah. But this film made me a lot more uncomfortable. Yeah. And um, where's the lodge? I, I could watch that one all the way through, and I was just mad at the end. This one, I had to turn away a couple times, and I did have to take a little break in the middle. Yeah. Uh, there's one scene that was uh, kind of a a no go zone for just me personally yeah. that happened in the film, and I, was, I, I kind of did pause it and have to go take a short bathroom break and. Mm-hmm kind of let the mind release i think that was a good thing and if you're going to watch this movie the joe bob cut is a way to do it because his his humor is so funny and i think he did a good job of bringing levity to such a a dark film and it really does help yep so uh cannibal holocaust if you're an extreme cinema fan uh go watch it. it it's definitely worth the watch there's a lot of skill and talent that went into this film and uh it's a great movie it's it's messaging is very important just its presentation is going to turn the average fan off. 
<laughs> yeah, the uh, the score for that film is weird. It's it's pretty strange, but it is a really great soundtrack. Yes. Actually, I've, I've I play it in my car from time to time. <laughs> but either way, um, as far as what I've been watching, I'll try and breeze through some of these. I did watch The Invisible Man as well. My feelings haven't changed. I think it's a fantastic movie. Gave it a nine out of ten. Uh, like you said, the performances, the story, and I think it has some interesting topics and messages that it. Uh, sprinkles in there and isn't real in your face with it but yeah. you can make a lot from the film i watched zombie three i watched most of that. and uh this is something else yeah. uh for sure um it's a pretty good film as far as action horror goes it's one of the better examples of it it's violent it's ripped off constantly and never mm-hmm. given credit for and that's kind of the thing why i toot the horn of this movie so much is down to the quarantine type suits with assault rifles that that imagery has been ripped off countless times yep. the uh entire idea of the zombies in this film have been ripped off the island vibe has been ripped off and video games movies all sorts of different pop culture and it never gets the credit that it has coming for all that um it's kind of bad but it's really fun mm-hmm. it's, it's one of the more fun types of movies in that genre and a uh, hot take i think this is a more entertaining if you were to put me in front of Fulci's Zombie or Zombie 3 I'm choosing Zombie 3 all day me too I like Zombie 1 uh, it's a good it's a good movie yeah Zombie 3 is a lot more fun yeah I agree um, then I watched The Lovebirds a Netflix original which <laughs> I've been on a war path it seems against Netflix you kind of have it's not intentional. I try and watch it. I was excited for this movie to come out when it was it was supposed to come out in the theaters. So they can't even escape it when they try and buy films that were supposed to be in theater. Um, and it's pretty insipid, um, which sucks because it's from the director of The Big Sick, which is, I think, one of the best romantic comedies in a long, long time. Uh, it's a fantastic film if you haven't seen it. And it's also got Kamel Nanjiani in it. Um, this also has Issa Rae. Um, it's just not very good. Uh, both actors are talented, but it's one of those types of improv comedies that are a little too common these days where they think that having no structured jokes is a bad thing. It, everyone's trying to... I don't think Taika Waititi was the first one to do it, but it feels like everyone right now in the comedy sphere is wanting to try and capitalize on his success. And to be quite frank, I think his movies are funny, Taika Waititi's. I don't think he's as great as a lot of people seem to think anyway. So these this this type of humor just doesn't really do much for me. But I do like Taika Waititi. I just don't think anyone's doing it as well as him. Um, but either way, interesting stuff anyway. Uh, I watched Fast and Fierce, Death Race. Um, this uh, Fast and the Furious, uh, the new one's supposed to come out soon. So I watched Fast Dude. and Fierce, which is an <laughs> asylum film. Your rip-off movies that you watch sometime are hilarious. It's great. This is Asylum. Uh, it's new. I had to rent this for... Exp- uh, it was pretty expensive rental. It was four bucks to watch this film because it's. it was a, one of those released in theatrical. Yeah, released in theatrical, my butt. It's an Asylum film. I've never seen one of those grace the surface of movie theater. Was it worth your four dollars? Absolutely. freaking It was nice. a good time. Uh, it's bad. Uh, there's a straight up knockoff scene where the main character even goes live my life a quarter mile at a time <laughs> I'm like you're kidding so uh, the 
I guess Universal is who d- produces it. So if you're listening, then uh, you know where to go <laughs> for that. And then I watched uh, Blood Machines. I think you watched this as yes. well. Oh, I um, did. Yeah, I, I completely forgot to log that down. This is a really cool film that got progressively better. I, I hope this gets a second season. Um, I basically my thoughts on this movie is if you take it in the context of one of those videos that plays behind a cool concert Mm -hmm. this movie's awesome if you don't take it as that and you take it as a series it kind of sucks because the acting is i don't know if i've seen acting this bad in a while i mean it's it's as stiff as could be um it looks kind of goofy at times when it doesn't look fantastic and that's probably the problem i mean it's very low budget but there's certain elements of the art design i didn't like i didn't i thought the ship kind of looked stupid i'll be honest like the holograms in the ship i didn't like that but when they were going all out weird with the space stuff i was like i am down with that that looks awesome uh another one to watch out for the content as this one has a decent amount of it um as there's just weird floating spirit ladies with just an upside-down cross covering their genitalia, which mm-hmm. is very strange. Yeah. Um, it's a very weird movie, um, but... I really dug the kind of the biomechanical uh, engineering and nature of exactly. the ships and stuff like that. Like, it, it's a cool concept that I think could be very... could be fleshed out very well. Yeah, I think episode three, where mm-hmm. it really turned into a music video, was where this thing really started rocking and rolling for me. Because that first episode, I'm like, yeah, this is going to be a no for me. The first episode's weird. I was like, yeah, this sucks. And the second episode has a straight-up music video in it for a couple minutes, where that, I think it's Carpenter Brutt is the name of the uh, group. I'll have to look into that. Um, but... And then there's just really cool imagery with that. And um, overall, I liked it. I I think it's worth watching for sure. If you're into this type of film, this really avant-garde style of of film. So check it out. I watched The Wretched, uh, which is an IFC Midnight movie. Another one I rented. This one might have actually made it into some theaters on Fast and Fierce. Um, In fact, it made it to some drive-ins. And uh, it's a really adult Goosebumps episode where they go and kill kids. Um, <laughs> strange stuff, <laughs> to say the least. Um, I-, I know. It's very hard to explain. And I was kind of in duality mode with this film because on the one hand, you know me, I, kind of, I like Goofy in my horror. Yeah. But I kind of like it when it's Goofy and more, you know, hardcore I, I don't know. I felt this was pretty horror light, but I did enjoy it overall. Um, it, it was creepy at times. I think it did that. It's hard to explain, but it's a lot like Fright Night, in all honesty, um, which is not what you would expect from the cover. It looks completely different. It's a very different film than what you're thinking, and it, it is worth watching. It really is a cool film. It's just strange in its presentation because it is a bit goofy, but at the same time, it really touches on taboos, and it acts like they're not even taboos in it. Like, the whole killing kids thing. It's like, yeah, we did that. No one cares. Let's move on. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm down with that, I guess. You know, well, let's watch this film. Um, but, no, it's, it's good and, and worth watching for sure. I, I enjoyed it. 
Um, I watched Bad Education. This is an HBO film that came out a little bit ago. It's Corey Fenley's second film. He did Thoroughbreds. And, uh, wow, this movie's fantastic. As far as dramatic films, this is the best movie of the year, I think, um, from a writing, directing, everything standpoint. And if you have HBO or their new service, HBO Max, you need to watch this. It's, it's fantastic. It's a cool story about, like, this scam that went on in a, uh, in a school district, and uh, there was some money stolen, and come to figure out, things are actually worse than what they thought it was at first. And it really does shed light. And I think Corey Finley's films, both of them, have explored bad people in a way that's very interesting because they display bad people or what people would think are bad people. In this case, they really are bad people. But show that there is humanity to them. Explore why they do the things they do. Explore that they're human, that they have good aspects to them, that they can be likable at times. But they're still kind of bad. And uh, because that's how bad people are um you know they're not caricatures this is an extremely well-written film um and it's actually really entertaining at times i couldn't believe how quick two hours went by with this it was one of those snap your finger and you're like wait that's it type movies and for two hours that's pretty awesome i was blown away with that it's awesome check it out i watched the toxic avenger uh, we'll talk about that later i'm sure as well as death by temptation uh, so some trauma, some trauma homework. I watched On the Record, another HBO film. This is a, a documentary uh, about uh, Def Jam Records, uh, the main producer, and some allegations that came out um, about him. Uh, over 20 women have come out to speak against him. He still denies the allegations, although all of the women's descriptions of the events are eerily similar. Um, to to one another and, and how they how it was approached and it really does seem like the guy had an mo obviously he would need to be taken to trial uh to see uh his guilt um as all people do deserve a fair trial uh but this this documentary is incredibly uh heartbreaking uh very fantastic documentary and it actually talks about some interesting things that you just don't hear about very often like how the me too movement doesn't properly include minority groups in a way because they they um you know they just there's a different thing about it and they just haven't been included in as much in that movement and this this um this documentary kind of sheds light onto that it also sheds light onto how the culture might have been different had they not pushed women out of the hip-hop industry and how the misogyny of that of the rap and hip-hop sphere changed and eventually became the way it was when it wasn't always that way when women were involved and if we didn't push them out of the industry or not we but the the record industry didn't push them out um of the industry how that might have changed hip-hop culture in general um so it's fascinating really well done documentary i recommend checking it out i watched arcade we'll talk a little bit about that more <laughs> Um, at a later date, but uh, it, it'll be a couple weeks, so I'll explain my brief thoughts. It's interesting. Uh, I kind of dug it, but it's kind of bad at the same time. It so, is kind of bad. Um, it's it's kind of like Lawnmower Man, but a little bit more entertaining, I would say. <laughs> Dead Heat, we talked about it. It's kind of poopy. Uh, <laughs> uh, I really didn't care for this at all. Um, it's just... 
to, to your comment earlier, I think this is just a comedy film. I think this is very little horror. Um, I don't see this as any different than... Well, I see it a lot different in quality, but like tonally, it's a Ghostbusters type thing. Um, it's just a little... Got a little bit more practical effects. It's got some zombies in it. But I don't see this tonally as any different. And to me, it's not a horror film. Um, it, it focused all on its comedy. And to be a good comedy, you need to be funny. Problem is... I only found this funny two or three times, and that was a chuckle. And uh, <laughs> the rest of it was kind of laughing at how bad it was. So, uh, to quote myself, yeah, that's going to be a no for me, dog. <laughs> and then I watched Big Little Lies season two. Yeah. And uh, fantastic. I was pretty impressed with season two for a show that, in all honesty, never needed a season two. This does such a good job with that idea that it validates itself as a season anyway and uh, it's a hundred percent worth watching the performances are great the story is very different than the first seasons was but also continues what people liked about that first season so much the characters are great there's new arcs and stuff to explore and once this thing gets rolling about episode two or three you're not going to be able to put this thing down uh, i loved it I gave it a nine, not quite as good as the first season, but it's a really good sequel season, one well worth watching. Check out Big Little Lies. If you haven't seen the first season, there's someone on the group that hadn't seen that first season. You need to watch that first season. Man, the wife loved the first season. That first season of Big Little Lies is, in my opinion, the best limited event series I've ever seen on television. Yeah, it's pretty and good. And then now it's not so limited event series because it's got a season two. Yeah. But season two is pretty short itself. It does, um, is it? Does it tie in directly to season one, or is yeah. it kind of a different story? No, it's direct tie-in, mm, cool. uh, which right. was not what I expected yeah, because I, the ending was so concrete mm-hmm. in, the, in the first season. Um, but it does take place right after, and uh, it is absolutely fascinating and uh, well worth watching. It also has an added character with Meryl Streep in it, um, mm. and she is unlike anything I've ever seen her in, and nice. she is really fantastic in this season uh this is must see stuff uh so between three films that i talked about it's worth a subscription for 15 bucks to get hbo max just to watch that stuff um not including the fact that they've got a pretty stacked lineup uh of films including a, a complete redo uh, or a uh, reboot of the looney tunes cartoons as well so that's kind of fascinating and they're pretty good i i, I saw some of them and i did like it so That's it for what we've been watching, and here in a second we'll be right back to give you our feature reviews of the Troma films. Alright, so we're going to be talking about Troma, and uh, Troma is a fascinating little company. uh, (laughs) Yes, they are. They they had their starts apparently in skin flicks. Um, I did not know that, actually. Um, That was uh, talked about in Joe Bob Briggs' um, The Last Drive-In segment from Troma's Mm -hmm. War. Um, although I had been slightly familiar with their early output thanks to the excellent um, book that Lloyd Kaufman put out called Make Your Own Dang Movie, uh, yep. which is pretty interesting itself. And uh, there's a lot to talk about with Troma. And uh, I love them as a company. Um, some of my criticisms might seem like I'm hard on them. Um, no, I just don't like all of their movies. Um, I think... Some of them are flawed, but that doesn't mean I don't love the company overall. 
uh, as I really do think the company overall does some awesome stuff. And, they really and do. Has been one of the most influential figures in independent cinema history. Um, who knows? It, it's weird to say, but legitimately, the Toxic Avenger mm-hmm. created a boom of like straight to video type um, horror and really popularized that shocking straight to video nasty. Uh, type of stuff and, and created a name for themselves and you could really tell a trauma movie from a mile away until you start digging deeper and then there's stuff where you're like yeah that's trauma and then you're you realize just how vast that company is um yeah we we were sitting here talking right before we we came on air you know throwing some movies back and forth at each other yeah. and i threw one out and dave was like oh that is a, th- a trauma movie and i said yeah it's a trauma produced movie they supported the film you know mm-hmm. obviously lloyd kaufman and michael hertz didn't have anything to do with the movie yeah but they still gave production value to the movie yeah um and they did that for a ton of stuff for a ton of good stuff yeah there's there's Weirdly enough, a couple of those not in-house directed movies mm-hmm. that are really high on my list, yeah. and uh, well, I'll get to those. Um, of course, the main figurehead of this whole thing is Lloyd Kaufman, uh, who is a, a strange guy, um, but one of my heroes. Um, he is awesome, and <laughs> he's very weird, very political, very controversial, and. Uh, Never knows when to shut up, which I can appreciate. Yeah. He will uh, he will say things just to get a reaction out of people. Yeah. And even if he's talking out of his ass, oh, you know, yeah. he may not necessarily believe what he's saying, but no. he wants to see what reaction you will have towards him, and uh, which I, I find hilarious because admittedly I do the same um, because I, I find people's reaction interesting. Yeah, I do too. I mean, I, I think in this podcast, especially from the cast that drips blood standpoint, uh, we we enjoy provocative cinema, yep. you know, uh, strange and the weird, and to see people's reaction to the weird as. Uh, but I, I, we talked about in Campbell Holocaust. I think sometimes to shock is a good thing. I, I think it's a natural emotion, and it shows. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing to be shocked by by different things. It, it tells you your values, and um, you know, and it actually tells you probably more about yourself than you would typically get by just self reflection, as you really do see a primal reaction to certain things you're seeing or hearing, and you're like, I hate that. Wait, that's a value of mine. I don't like people mm-hmm. showing that, or I don't like hearing that. You know. And I think it expands that, and it expands your understanding of freedom of speech and, and different different ideas of that type. Um, I, I will proudly say that one of Troma's films is probably the was- most watched film in my house. <laughs> That's awesome. I talk to a lot of people about a lot of movies, and it's funny to see guys' reaction at work. You know, they'll be talking, oh, I just watched... Uh, uh, the Invisible Man. I'd be like, oh yeah, yeah, I watched that. That's pretty cool. Oh yeah, I just watched this movie about zombie aliens, and they're like, yep, there he goes, you know. <laughs> and and whenever some of these same people come over to the house, they see you know walls of movies, and I'm just like, I want to pull one movie out and just let you see the reaction. And I put in it's Poultry Geist. 
because the first five minutes of that movie is hilarious, over the top, gory, nasty, offensive, and and it's one of those movies you kind of put in, and then you know what you're looking at oh, with yeah. a film fan. If they are like, yeah, that's enough for me, you kind of know where they're at. Yep. And uh, if they're like, yeah, this is awesome, then you really know where you're at. Yeah. Then <laughs> and then you know. you're in for a party. Yeah. And I have done that so many times. People will come over, and we'll be talking about movies, and they're pulling them off the wall. Oh, yeah, I love this movie. I'm like, yeah, that movie's really good. You know, oh, I love this one. I'm like, yeah, that one's okay. I don't really like that one. And I'll be like, oh, I love that film. And then they'll, you know, they, they usually, sometimes they'll pull it out, and they're like, what is this? Let's put that in for about five minutes. Mm-hmm. And the complete wide-ranging reactions that I get. You know, there has been a few people that was like, what is this? What do you... This is stupid. I'm just like, all right, well, stop. And then you get some people that they're sitting there clapping. They're like, that was awesome. I'm like, yeah, you're my kind of guy. And uh, it's actually, I I made my wife watch this movie with me. Uh, She still says it's an hour and a half of her life she wants back. And she secretly liked it. She kind of did, too. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but no, and also, the interesting thing about trauma is how de- divisive the reactions are, even amongst horror fans mm-hmm. to these movies. Um, because some of them are extreme, some of them are not so extreme. Um, it's, but it's the over-the-top humor that divides so many yes. people with trauma. And uh, because it's... It's so slapstick and yep. so light that so many, some people, even the hardcore horror fans, don't care as much for trauma. But I think there's quite a bit of a place for trauma in horror history. I agree. As we will definitely talk about. Um, so that's a neat introduction, actually. I think we, we really nailed that on, on trauma. They have a they're trauma a New York-based company, too. So that's interesting, of course. Yep. And, uh, uh, trauma in a nutshell... And I'm this statement. I'm referring to their uh, like in-house production movies. You know, uh, uh, Toxic Avenger, Poltergeist, uh, Romeo and Juliet, and some of these movies. That those movies, in a nutshell, are over the top, usually splatter fest, mm-hmm. but with an underlying message. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, there's a lot of satire in the films where they're kind of poking fun at something or trying to tease out a bigger meaning and those are the trauma movies that are honestly really really good and it's almost always Kaufman involved in Uh that too um, in a lot of ways Kaufman is uh, a very smart dude Mm -hmm. Um, if you're not familiar with him much he's actually went to Yale yeah he's a a very smart guy Um, just just really strange, and uh, I know it sounds weird, but I admire to be like him when I get that age. I don't oh, want to yeah. be the the kind of grumpy, just down on the mm-hmm. down in the dumps kind of old guy. I want to be that weird, that that still at that old of an age, provocative kind of dude where he he's just crazy, and people are like, "What in the world is this guy?" Well, just about ten years ago, he starred in a mo- one of his films. And he was in a skirt, carried an M16, dancing on the countertop at a fast food restaurant. Mm-hmm. I mean, at 60 years old. Yeah. 
Yeah, he, and and he's never really let up on his love of of horror, but at the same time, his um, regard for safety and uh, helping the independent mm-hmm. cinema groups. Now he's he's had controversies of payment issues. Yep, for yep. his films, he's known for that. But one thing you can't say about uh, Lloyd Kaufman is that he isn't incredible at keeping his cast and crew safe during yeah. filming at all times that is his top priority he um and that's explored in the cursed films documentary that i do recommend that last episode especially for trauma fans as it really does show one of the only times i've ever seen lloyd kaufman just get really serious where mm-hmm. he pretty much says that the crew is the most important thing to me and yeah. if anything bad ever happened on my set like someone died or something because of a stunt gone wrong he would quit the film industry yep. and he wouldn't be nowhere to be found and he would hold himself accountable and um which is uh, you know very interesting and he said that there's never been any injuries on a trauma set uh which is incredibly hard to think of because if you watch some of these movies holy crap there's some mm-hmm. stunt work a lot of fire uh, a lot of gore crazy stuff going on that same car crash they use in about 10 different movies that that does help on injuries as one of the most injury prone stunts they've ever done is reused very often now one thing they missed out on trauma's war is there's a scene with the truck and i would have loved it if they would have used that same car crash for the truck even though it would have obviously not been the same vehicle but at that point in that film you know what you're in for oh yeah and that have been awesome man but you know, I've always said it. When you hear that that theme music at the beginning of a movie, and it surprises you sometimes the films you click on that are trauma, mm-hmm. and you just hear that da 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 Yeah, and you see, you know, the, that uh, skyline, yeah. that city skyline <laughs> backdrop, and it's like, I did not know this was a trauma film. But you know you're in for a freaking treat. Oh, yeah. And uh, I love that theme. You know, anytime I hear that, I get put in a good mood. I need to get that as my ringtone, actually. Yeah. Uh, that would be awesome. But I'm, I'm a pretty big trauma fan, uh, although at the same time I've been pretty hard on some of their movies. Um, but I think it's because I expect a certain level of, of quality, and you don't always get it. Yep. <laughs> but for the most part, their filmography output for the minimal budget and, lim- and very limited help from the movie industry is there. Everything that the film industry hates has uh mm-hmm. it's really quite impressive yep um before we get into their films i, I want to get into a little side tangent that uh, and it's a branch off of the toxic avenger they actually made a children's cartoon called the toxic crusader mm-hmm. a <laughs> children's cartoon <laughs> those producers must have never seen the Toxic Avenger because that is not a children's movie. But somehow it got a children's cartoon, and it's actually not bad. I mean, it's funny. It's kind of goofy, kind of weird. But then they took it a step further. (laughs) They made an NES game. They made a Sega Genesis game. And they made a Game Boy game of the Toxic Crusader. Which is awesome, too. Yeah. So it's, it's... hard to imagine the popularity of this mm-hmm. stuff in the 80s and early 90s um, you know that this little independent film spurned a children's cartoon you know when, 
It's it's pretty wild, I'll yeah, be honest it's, it's with It's a that. wild concept, what they were able to achieve on a shoestring budget and just a couple guys throwing blood and makeup on people and thought it was funny, and it is. That's pretty uh, crazy. So... I just wanted to wanted to give them a little bit of a shout out on that because it's Absolutely. it's just amazing that that happened. Yeah, I agree. Good old good old trauma. I mean, just their and the comics too. You know the yep. trauma, the Toxic Avenger comic series is great. I think Toxie's the biggest figure, um, and the mm-hmm. uh, Trauma Universe, the Toxic Avengers, a pretty popular uh, series. But. Um, you know, it, it's it's fascinating that it all spurred from an incredibly offensive movie. Yeah. Um, really, I mean, that original Toxic Avenger has some pretty interesting stuff, including a a kid getting his head run over by a car. And then they get out, and they're like yeah. taking. Uh, oh. Yeah. Then they take pictures of it. Yeah. And, and then have sexual like, oh, intercourse in a shower afterwards to the thought of killing the kid. Yeah. So, I mean, it's their stuff is really offensive. Yeah. But again, not really meant to be taken all that serious. Yeah, and, and that's one of the, the the good things about drama is it is so over the top that yes, most people would be offended, but you can't help but laugh at it. But it still gets the point across. Like that scene, they are glorifying the violence, mm-hmm. you know, that you see on TV. You know, because you get all these people coming and taking pictures, and yep. they want to see the blood and they guts. They have to, yeah. And mm-hmm. um, you know that that kind of goes back to the cannibal holocaust point yeah of you know uh exploitation for media purposes Mm -hmm. and uh you know and it's just one of those little knives they just want to jab in and twist a little bit and they do and they do quite a bit yes they do so no it's all sorts of fascinating stuff to say the least yep so i guess i'll let you go ahead and start off with your list if you want to go ahead all right um i I didn't really make a like a a 10 through one list i just have a list of some movies some notable stuff that they've made that i think that's um, a a horror fan should see uh my first one is redneck zombies yeah Uh, this movie's bad it's a shot on video horror film from the late 80s about some rednecks that find radioactive waste uh, they, th- I think it's a French still. He says it is, or something. I don't remember uh, now, but um, it's it's pure over the top entertainment, mm-hmm. um, and it's worth a watch. Um, the next one, I don't like the movie, but I am glad I watched it, and I do know it has its fans. And uh, that's a late seventies release, Blood Sucking Freaks. Um, I don't like the film. Yeah. But I do know it has its fans, and so I just want to throw it out there that you may like it. You probably won't, but (laughs) (laughs) um, the next one, uh, which I'm not the biggest fan of this one either, but I I do think for low-budget slashers, it has its place, and uh, that's Splatter University. Um, It's a good, low-budget very low budget independent slasher yeah. uh, these filmmakers had probably four dollars and a cheese sandwich to make this film <laughs> and they made an enjoyable film yeah um, I think I only gave it a five or six out of ten but on a you know five dollar budget that's a pretty dang good score yeah uh, and they did a lot with that movie there's some pretty gory kills. Uh, some pretty cool like homemade practical effects and I really love yeah. that aspect of the movie because these people are just 
doing anything and everything they can with their bare hands mm-hmm. to make this look good, and they did. They they achieved their goal of making that movie. Um, another one that's just okay, but I know it has its fans. Uh, Decapitated. <laughs> uh, it's kind of a, a Friday the Thirteenth ripoff film. Yeah, uh, and and they poke some fun at, at different things in it. Um, and then kind of the ones before I hit my personal heavy hitters uh, Droma's War I know it has fans as well um, that movie, I got a little bored during it um, but this one raises some odd awareness of a bunch of different things you know um, <laughs> the the terrorists are infected with AIDS and they're going to infiltrate the United States and spread AIDS you know that's not a laughing matter on its surface, but the way they present it, you can't help but laugh. Yeah. But in an odd way, it is raising awareness about AIDS and you know the yeah. the uh, the issues that we were having with that that horrible disease in the eighties and nineties. Yeah. Um, you know, and he in his weird way, and he put that in, a, in an interview with Joe Bob. You know, in his weird way, he just wanted to try to help raise awareness for that, and I think he achieves it. Yeah, I mean, in his own weird way. Uh, it's a weird way, but <laughs> Lloyd's way is always the weird way. Um, yeah, but yeah, there isn't much middle ground with him, is there? Yeah, I, I think his heart's kind of always in the right place, though. Oh yeah, you, you can. Ne- Some of his movies can be a little bit mean spirited. They but, can be, but also that they're, they're so a lot of them are so lighthearted and, and and over the top that you know you you quickly for. It doesn't hit you as mean spirited a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of what Troma's War was, um, and it did have some entertaining battle scenes. Um, and that that movie's just goofy. Uh, I do recommend the film, um, but uh, a, a movie that <laughs> is just a trauma produced movie. It's not a, a Lloyd Kaufman or, or Michael Hurt's project, but that's Dead Dudes in the House. Or House on Tombstone Hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, this film, me and Deadite Dave ran across, and we didn't have, at least I didn't have much expectation for it. No, I didn't have um, any. It was a Vinegar Syndrome release, and we're like, you know, we've seen a couple kind of positive reviews on this. We ordered it up. I think we watched it for one of your Deadite Dave's daily yeah. breads. And honestly, that movie blew me away. It's entertaining. Yeah. Um, it's funny. It has some good kills, uh, a good set and atmosphere, mm-hmm. and um, it kind of put a new twist too on kind of a slasher film, because the, the people come back once they're already dead, yeah, and hunt down the rest of them, and so it's kind of a zombie film as well, but kind of not. Yeah, um, it's 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 got a lot of different elements, but it's it's really good, uh, and it takes. I don't. I can't say it takes itself fully serious. It's a little campy, but it's yeah. not quite as over the top as as many of their movies are. Yeah. So I, I think more general horror movie fans, even if you don't like trauma, can probably like this film. Yep. And for the slim, narrow margin of people that enjoy watching people trying to get through doors, I know there's probably one or two of you out there that you will go and watch a movie trying to watch people open doors. This film has it for you. Oh my gosh, Dude. they do try and open doors a lot in this movie. <laughs> it's, it's, there's yeah. probably ten minutes of nothing but them jiggling handles trying to open doors. 
and it, it gets funny after a while. It really does. It's it's very strange. It takes that trope that is in horror where they can't get out. The door is locked for yeah. whatever magical reason. They just can't open the door, and it really ramps that one up. <laughs> yeah. Has a, a pretty cool knife wielding granny too. Oh yeah, the granny's awesome. Yeah. Um, so that trauma does have a fascination with old ladies. Come to think of it. Oh yeah, they do. You're you're going to talk about one of them. That I don't talk about a couple of them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Surf oh, Nazis yeah, must yeah. die has yep. an older lady in it. Yeah, and, She's uh, well, waging war. Yeah. Then you have rabid grannies. Yeah, rabid grannies, which sucks, but uh, yeah, it's there. And then you do have Mother's Day. Yeah, Mother's Day. So, um, I'll leave those to Deadite Dave. The, the next one I'll talk about, um, and this one's kind of a divisive one. Our divided film, even even amongst us two here, and that's Nightmare Weekend. That's another trauma produced movie. Now this movie is a sleaze fest. I will this this is a borderline skin flick. Yeah. Um, but it is so goofy and weird. You know, these teens go to a house and pretty much get science experiments ran on them uh, with this supercomputer that's controlled by a puppet. And it is weird and out there, and I really dug it. Um, it's bad. Do not get me wrong. It is a bad movie. But it's an enjoyable bad movie, and it's got a really cool theme song. I think I need to revisit this at some point, because my experience with this film was not particularly good. Um, and I felt bad, because what happened, if you remember correctly, I put the DVD on my laptop, because I was watching it on my laptop, and it ate your DVD. Yeah. And I felt really bad. <laughs> Watching the movie because I had to go find it online then, so yeah, which is all good. No, nah, I was super pissed about that, um, but yeah, I felt pretty bad about it. Um, but yeah, maybe I need to revisit that movie with a better frame of mind yeah. and not eating your your uh, DVD. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, which it's all good. That stuff happens. At um, least it was the DVD, not the yeah. Blu-ray. Um, but the, the the movie's weird, um, and it's it's sleazy. And Troma does have a reputation for being sleazy. Oh yeah. But um, this one's weird, even for Troma. Yeah. I mean, it and it kind of rips off from stuff from Phantasm, and um, I mean, it's I, it's a weird film. It's it is strange. I'll give it that. Uh, you know, I already mentioned the Toxic Crusaders cartoon. Um, I will say that there's a, a really good uh, set that I think Troma themselves put it out called the Tox Box. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's Toxic Crusader 1 through 3 and the Toxic Crusader cartoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Toxie 4, Citizen Toxie, is not included in it. Um, but uh, 1 through 3 and uh, Toxic Crusader cartoon show is. And I think you can pick that up for like $15, $20. Unless it's went out yeah. of print. I don't know if it has. Um, I bought one off eBay for like 10, 15 bucks. Um, so I, I, I do suggest, you know, picking that up if you can find it for cheap. Um, and the cartoon's good. It's, but it's just weird that a cartoon was made out of the Toxic Avenger series. There's, I think, yeah. four of them out. Um, you got the Toxic Avenger, and then you have The Last Temptation of Toxie. You got Citizen Toxie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's four Toxic Avenger films in the, the animated series. Yeah. Because there's the first one, the second one is uh, just called Part 2, yep. and third is The Last Temptation of Toxie, and yep. then, like you said, Citizen Toxie is the fourth one. 
Um, all of them are good. Um, three is probably the worst one out of them. Maybe. I, I would I would say two and three are both really good, but they're too long, and there's yeah. way too much padding. Um, as they were actually designed to be one movie, but they figured out they could make more money doing two and three. So there's a crap ton of padding, and why they had to make them over two hours long a piece is well beyond me. Yeah, I but they're no both idea. really entertaining. I, yeah. I like them both a lot. It's just I'm riding that fast forward button through some of it. Yeah, and um, arguably one of the best ones, Citizen Toxie number four. I still haven't seen. Uh, that one's crazy. I, yeah, I just haven't watched it yet. Um, it's but, pretty offensive. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, you know what with trauma, you know what you're getting into. Yeah, I guess so. That one's pretty rough. That is fun. Um, so that's just kind of a, a quick list of uh, some varied films by Troma. You know, you got the Toxic Avenger, which is their quote unquote mainstream hit. Yeah. Um, you know, and then you've got stuff that just nobody in their right mind would ever seek out, like, you know, uh, Redneck Zombies or Decapitated. You know, th- those movies, they're not very good, but they're still worth a watch. Um, and that just, I, I just wanted to kind of highlight the varied output that Troma has because they're, they do a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. So, uh, Dead Eye Dave, what are your, some of your recommendations? Well, my, uh, list has some honorable mentions as well as the films themselves. You've covered many of them, but I'll touch on a couple of them that, that didn't pop up. Oh, I um, didn't mention Poultry Geist, but I know you're going to mention it, so. I will mention Poultry Geist. Uh, to start off, I, uh, the, this list was made to where only one movie in the series would be included. Um, I did the same thing with Full Moon, which we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, Trauma's output uh, has some sequels, but I didn't include any of those. So Class of Newcomb High, to start it off. Um, Return to Newcomb High is really good. The sequels, like Class of Newcomb High 2, two and uh, maybe 3, I didn't care for it at all, like the two sequels to that. Uh, but when they went to return, it was pretty good. Cannibal the Musical uh, from uh, mm-hmm. Matt and Trey Parker, or uh, I think that's their names, the, the South Park guys. Um, really, really funny. Um, not my favorite necessarily, but it is pretty funny. Uh, yeah, I forgot about that one. And Trauma's War. Those are my honorable mentions. Uh, Trauma's War is awesome. Uh, <laughs> It's something to behold, but it is it does get a little slow in there, and it was cut pretty hard by the censors too, so that kind of sucks. Um, number ten is Terror Farmer. Uh, oh man, this is <laughs> I think probably their most offensive film, uh, but it has its own merits. It's a very self-aware movie. Uh, they're on the set of a trauma film of making a crappy independent movie, and. Uh, Lloyd Kaufman is very featured in this movie, too. And uh, it is graphic. It is vile and disgusting. And uh, it's pretty crazy. Um, But one to see, no doubt. Uh, Number nine is Poultrygeist. Oh, this is a great... Another musical in their collection, where this one is an attack at all sorts of different things. Mostly big business. uh, Mm -hmm. The fast food industry. Um just all sorts of crap every character in that film is named after a fast food restaurant or chain yeah yeah it's pretty wild and it's a funny uh, commentary on it uh definitely not for everyone even amongst trauma fans in a way but i think it's hilarious 
Oh, very good splatter horror film there. Yep. Next up is Redneck Zombies. What a treat. Uh, this one's something to behold here. Um, it's crazy. It's very low budget. Mm -hmm. uh, but it is a good time. I, I really had fun with it. This one was surprised me a bit. Um, it, it was a little bit more quality than I was expecting with this one. Uh, but it is it, it is worth watching 100%. Next up is Surf Nazis Must yeah. Die. Uh, this movie's <laughs> awesome. Um Another one of their political movies, in a way, where they're very anti-Nazi uh, uh, in this movie. Good for and them. And a uh, granny takes it to them, as as she definitely should, and it's awesome. <laughs> so I recommend Surf Nazis Must Die. It is a bit slow, but that score is really good, and the actual story of it kind of makes up for that. Next up is Mother's Day. One of their... Uh, I would say another really quality film. Mm -hmm. uh, one of their earlier movies, too. It, it's really good. Uh, the The box art is iconic, too. Yes. And uh, I, I do love this movie. It has a remake, um, and it's pretty good as well. But I, I do recommend this original Mother's Day. My number uh, five pick is The House on Tombstone Hill. Uh, we, we've talked about it. It's, it's awesome. Uh, I love this movie. It's great slasher. I really love slashers that take place in a house. Uh, that's a that's a uh, or any horror uh, that just takes place mostly in a house. Mm -hmm. I'm I dig. Um, next up is the uh, interesting film Death by Temptation, directed by James Bond the Third. I think is is the guy's name. This movie is. It took a while for me to get it, and then once I did, I really loved it. Um, and I have a feeling, even on a second time, it might even be a little bit better. And uh, I really love this movie. It's got some interesting things going on with it, including some interesting religious discussions. Um, the the man, one of the main characters, uh, took a break from uh, school and ministry uh, to go to the city. He's a kind of a country boy and goes to the city, and he kind of gets lured in by this this uh, person. I don't really want to reveal what or why uh, that, that character is the way they are. And uh, it fascinatingly unravels in this really dreamy kind of interesting film. It's got this hazy look to it, uh, which I kind of dig. And then it's got the uh, uh, really bright colors. It reminded me of Mausoleum's appearance with that little, little fogginess, mm -hmm. like a haze over the, the appearance, but it's got colors that like shine through it. It's a really good film. And, uh, it's it's pretty underrated, but it's starting to get the love it, it deserves. And this one's, I think, a really quality movie. Also one that I think is just 100% worth watching. Uh, then number three is another one of their really underrated movies. There's Nothing Out There, which has probably the most glorious creature you'll ever see. It's heinous. It looks horrible, um, but it's awesome. This movie's got just about everything you'd come for. It's goofy. It's legitimately hilarious. Um, it's commentary on, or not really commentary, but just spoofs of horror movies and the idea. There's nothing out there itself is a joke of like, of course there's something out there. You're in a horror film, and they bring it up all the time. And it's a uh, pre-Scream type Scream movie, and it's pretty influential to that, kind of like that Evil Laugh movie. Um, where you could definitely see some inspiration of that, except this one has a creature that's really awesome. <laughs> so check that one out. 
My number two is maybe their just darkest and most serious movie called Combat Shock, which yep. is wow. This one's a powerful film. Uh, very harsh and uh, dark tale of PTSD. Um, and it's a pretty impressive movie. Uh, it's well made. It's a little slow, um, but that ending is is really dark and uh, a bit of an oddity in their catalog. But and it's not something you want to watch all the time. But I do think it's one of their most powerful movies in a way. Um, so that's why it's my number two is Combat Shock, and my number one is of course the Toxic Avenger, uh, which no doubt has to be on the list. So. All sorts of fascinating stuff with that movie. We've talked quite a bit about it, and uh, that's my number one. So overall, it's going to be tough to beat for Full Moon. Uh, the the Trauma catalog is even better than I had estimated originally, and I love Trauma. But just looking at this top ten list, this is a pretty stacked list for production studio yeah. to have. In all honesty, especially a horror dedicated and an independent, low-budget, horror-dedicated list. It's mm-hmm. going to be really hard to beat Full Moon. And to tell you the truth, I was going to be the, and I still will be, uh, the defender in the series of the Full Moon in a way. Uh, I think I think we did a team kind of trauma, and you were the, the trauma guy, and the uh, I was going to be Full Moon. And uh, we're going to duke it out next week um, for which one is better, trauma or Full Moon. And... Uh, I might have to play devil's advocate for that one for Full Moon. You, you, we'll have to wait and see for that well, episode. You never know. We, we may actually come to a legitimate conclusion and shock everybody. Maybe. Maybe. But that doesn't take away from the fact that both of those studios have a lot to offer. Yep. And uh, definitely tune in the week after next for our uh, second part of this, our Full Moon episode. Uh, Full Moon's a very interesting company of themselves, and... Kind of took what Trauma did and made it cheaper and mm-hmm. actually made a really interesting empire out of their pictures, mm-hmm. if you uh, catch the pun there. Yeah. Um, which Empire did the exact did opposite of Full Moon, um, which I guess we could, I'm not, I'll talk about that on the Full Moon episode, but basically Empire is great, a really great company that got way in over their head. Mm-hmm. Um, they were way too ambitious and spent way too much money on movies that were never going to make that back. And both Troma and Full Moon, what they did best was taking a li- very little money because they knew the audience didn't care um, yeah. and made movies on a very low budget to the point to where they wouldn't need very much to make their money back. Mm-hmm. And uh, they made it back and then some. So. Very fascinating stuff. Uh, one more thing I will say about Troma is they've they've launched some careers too. Most most definitely. One of the most notable is uh, you know Guardians of the Galaxy fame and being fired from Disney and rehired by Disney, uh, partly thanks to Troma, uh, was uh, James Gunn. Yeah. Uh, you know he he really cut his teeth in the uh, in Tromaville. Yeah. You know Troma. I mean um, the uh, South Park guys likely yep. might not have had the opportunities they did. Trauma does have interesting connections, as does Lloyd Kaufman, has strong ties to Hollywood. It's just mm-hmm. Hollywood really hates trauma films for obvious <laughs> reasons. <laughs> it bucks everything that Hollywood stands for. And, and most people stand yeah. for. It yeah, challenges true. values. It makes fun of values in a way yeah. um, and turns everything on its head for the sake of just saying they can. Yeah. 
and uh, it's pretty interesting. Uh, they're, they're an interesting company. Um, one that sometimes gets unnecessarily pooped on, I feel. Yeah, for the quality of their films, but I think that comes from, uh, you know, there's a lot more to trauma than, than meets the eye. Yeah, there is. So definitely check them out. Uh, so do you have anything else you'd like to add before we close this one off? Well, uh, I would like to announce our giveaway. Yep. Which is the two-disc set of Poultrygeist on DVD. Um, so when Deadite Dave does his magic and gets this episode together and puts it out, um, I would say find our episode, like it, share it, uh, tell us your favorite trauma episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, as always, um, pictures, gifts, memes, yeah, uh, all that is more than welcome. Um, it'll go on our uh, podcast Facebook page, yes, and uh, wherever David decides to share it elsewhere, because I only do the Facebook. I'm not cool enough for the rest of them. <laughs> so, um, it will definitely be up on our podcast Facebook page. So, if you're interested in that, go find us. Yep. The Facebook page is in the show notes. Uh, we will draw a random name uh, at after the conclusion to this two-parter uh so right after the full moon we will uh we will draw a name and announce the winner and i'll get that shipped out to you but it's a uh, sweet the two disc set of poultry geist absolutely that's awesome i I think that's a cool giveaway and thank you for for that for sure and uh so you'll want to enter in uh there'll be a little post with i'm sure a picture that kind of guides you on what to do and we'll go from there so Uh, Until next time, we want to thank you all for listening. Y'all have a good one. And that concludes our show. We hope you've really enjoyed it. If you did, don't forget to leave us a review. Find us on Facebook. But one of the most powerful ways that we can expand our audience and the show is for you to tell your friends about us. You know, if they love movies and you love movies, hopefully they love our podcast too. So we would love to hear uh, you spreading the word of our show to all of your friends. And uh, tell them about our community. If they have any questions about movies, we could save them some money on some of the bad ones and tell them what uh, maybe they should watch. Uh, But either way, until next time, we hope to see you all again.